This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You're listening to Power Zone, 12 to 3 a.m. on Power 98.7. Welcome back to the show. Of course, we're still in the second hour of the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7. Thank you very much for tuning in and for staying with us, of course, until the hour, 3 o'clock. And we're going to the Middle East this morning. No, not the Middle East per se, but we're putting the Middle East under the spotlight in terms of understanding where it all started, where we find ourselves right now. Those developments are coming out of Gaza. And of course, there's been a lot a lot, a lot of condemnation as well. Uh, you've seen as well uh, Denzel just having a conversation uh, in the previous show around uh, South Africa's stance uh, submitting, of course, a documentation to the International Criminal Court here, uh, laying a complaint against Israel, uh, Israel positioned as the aggressor in this particular matter. But would like to more or less understand where it all started. We often hear that it all started in the 19th century so we find ourselves here uh, 2003 it's still raging and others are saying that uh, it has been a long time coming uh, in terms of the retaliation uh, coming out of uh, you know palestine saying israel has been uh, for the longest of time uh, doing the most uh, in terms of just infiltrating uh, gaza and some of the uh, territories uh, there in the middle east uh, but ian uh, Bedos is here mm-hmm. and he'll give us a sense of where it all started, uh, just helping us understand uh, really uh, the developments there in uh, the Middle East. Uh, you're welcome, uh, really, to form part of the conversation uh, this morning. Uh, this being on 0861 987 We're also there by X. I'll be railing behind uh, the hashtag PowerZone uh, this morning. Ian, good morning. Welcome to the PowerZone. Good morning and uh, good morning to all the listeners. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Ian, for uh, giving us uh, your time. I mean, a lot of people uh, were uh, caught uh, by surprise in terms of uh, just hearing that uh, the developments and what has been, what is happening now currently there in uh, the Middle East is something that has been happening for uh, the longest of time. Now it's laid bare uh, because we see, we're seeing uh, Palestine, uh, we're seeing uh, as well uh, just developments uh, coming out of uh, Gaza and uh, the retaliation really but something that others are saying it's just tantamount to genocide uh, because of uh, just the humanitarian blocks and uh, all of these developments with uh, the losses of lives Uh, maybe let's backtrack a bit and try to understand where it all started how do we find ourselves with these two nations that are seemingly clashing here Uh, those solutions of a two-state solution seemingly not having worked uh, over time there was the Oslo Accord as well, having not worked as well in this particular regard, are we finding people losing their lives and it doesn't look like there's an end in sight because this peace accord and some of the developments around truce and the likes have been broken. We're back to square one as we speak right now. Where did it all start? Well, this uh, current problem uh, the main problem goes back to 1948 when the Jewish settlers had come following the persecution of Jews by the Nazis during the 
Second World War. Uh, but then in 1948, when the state of Israel was formed, 32% of the population were Jews and 68% were Palestinians. Um, Palestinian Arabs. Now, I want to go into the background of what we mean, because people are not generally clear about who are the Israelis. They believe, uh, I think it's commonly believed that the Israelis have always been there, the Jews have always been there. Well, the current Jews who are now forming the state of Israel are nearly all settlers. And they're much more recent settlers than, for instance, the Afrikaners in South Africa. Um, serious Jewish settlement started at the end of the 19th century. But they were quite small. No one really minded about them. And at that time, Palestine was uh, a province of the Ottoman Empire, which is ruled by Turkey. And it was multi-religious. The, the Turks are Muslims, so there were Muslims then as well, but they were not very strict Muslims and Christians, Jews, and other uh, religions like Druze uh, were allowed to operate freely within the Ottoman Empire. So when uh, a few <coughs> Jewish settlers came in at the end of the 19th century, uh, they, they were welcome. They they were not a problem. Um, but then what happened during the early 20th century was that Jewish settlers started to come in in larger numbers, especially because of persecution in the Russian Empire before the revolution yeah. and because of persecution by the Nazis, but there was still a minority, and this was a European problem. Now, people are usually told that the Jews were always there from ancient times, and then the Arabs moved in. This is totally false. The Palestinians are descendants of the ancient Jews and all the other peoples you'll read about in the Bible. They were conquered by the Arabs during the Muslim conquest in the 8th century. But substantially, they're the same people who, who were there. Studies have been done, and it can be shown that the Palestinians, <coughs> or those Jews who stayed in Palestine, converted, first of all, to Christianity. And there's still quite a number of Palestinian uh, Christians, Christians, by the way, who've been Christians since the time of the apostles, who've been mm. Christians since the time of uh, of the apostles. Yeah, because you see, religion as well as something that uh, kicks in. You you see a lot of people say yeah, there's religion but, that is linked to all of these. But, but this thing is falsified, mm. and then they converted to Islam. Now, one of the interesting things about the Palestinian Muslims is that they still carry on some Jewish traditions. For instance, the question of circumcision. Under Islam, a boy is supposed to be circumcised by the age of 13 at the latest. Mm. But in 
Jewish tradition, uh, a boy is circumcised on the eighth day. Well, Palestinian Muslims circumcise on the eighth day. Mm. In uh, Jewish kosher law, you're not allowed to eat camel. In Muslim halal law, you are allowed to eat camel. Mm. The Palestinians don't eat camel. So uh, th there's a lot more things that we can go in. And there's uh, one uh, Israeli, a uh, guy called uh, Missinai, Missinai, who's done a lot of research. And we know that, or, or Palestinian families know, when they converted from Judaism to Islam. Mm. They know that my family converted in such and such a year, they have their family records. So who are these Jews who have come in? Yes, some of the Jewish leadership went outside after the Romans had destroyed the temple and there were some revolts, and eventually the center of the Jewish religion moved outside. Baghdad, for instance. Uh, uh, and also, in the first millennium, the first thousand years of the common era, yeah. uh, the Jews proselytized. In other words, they looked for converts. And we know, for instance, that the Khazar kingdom, which was north of the Black Sea in current-day Russia, spreading into parts of Ukraine, Crimea, the Khazar kingdom actually converted as a whole to Judaism in the 8th century. And that a substantial number of European Jews are of Khazar ancestry. We also know, for instance, that uh, Yemen, Yemeni Jews from mm -hmm. Yemen, the Arabian Peninsula, were also uh, converts. We know that Ethiopian Jews were, were, were by and large converts. Yes, there's a, a degree of ancient Jewish uh, uh, genetics in them. But this thing to say that 2,000 years ago, or almost 2,000 years ago, we left the Holy Land, and then we're now coming back. And you are just people who came in from nowhere. You are Arabs who just came in through the empty land. That's just nonsense. And this is the nonsense that people believe. And people believe that the Israel of the Bible is the Israel of today. They're totally different things. What you've got is a European settler state who, when they're short of labor, they actually made sure they got uh, people of the Jewish religion from Arab countries and from other countries. Mm -hmm. But basically, these, the people who lead the state are Ashkenazi Jews, Jews from Western Europe. So, so coexistence uh, was not something that uh, would then be on the option here uh, in terms of now us finding ourselves uh, with these European set settlers that are already here in this particular regard. W what then sparks this particular well, war and a conflict there in the 1947 and, and so? Well, it's the, the real conflict, the serious there was a bit of conflict before. It was not very serious. Mm. By the way, the uh, as I said, the Ottoman Empire, the Turkish Empire, was defeated during the First World War. Mm. Uh, it was part. It was uh, an ally of the Germans and Austrians. They were defeated during the First World War by the British and the French. 
And the British and the French carved up the Middle East between them. You've heard of Lawrence of Arabia, who was the Arab revolt, which the British supplied uh, some of the Arabs against the Turks, and they fought for their freedom from the Ottoman Empire. But then back door, uh, you had the Balfour Declaration in 1917. They said, oh, we'll create a homeland for the Jews on the land that the that the Palestinian people have liberated. And of course, that's what eventually happened. Now, in 1948, uh, there were 32% uh, Jews and 68% Palestinian Arabs. But they're only Arab by culture, by language. Uh, for, for instance, I can say I'm English because I was born in, in, in England, but we're speaking English, but you're not English, but we're speaking English. Mm. So the, the, what people must understand, when you talk about Arabs, you're talking about a culture and, and a language. Mm. And that if you look at the at people of Egypt, they are the descendants of the people from ancient Egypt, although they speak Arabic today, mm. with a smaller mixture of Arab, perhaps. The people of Iraq are the people of Babylon. But, but then we also find ourselves here, if I can come in there, Ian, because yes. we hear that around that 1948, 1947, that conflict led into the split uh, into three of this particular settlement. Uh-huh. Where then there was the State of Israel, there was the West Bank and Gaza as we know it uh, right now. So uh, this uh, particular uh, right. split uh, uh, could uh, not let, coexist. Let me go, mm. let me go to, to what happened in 1948. The UN divided, they agreed that that Palestine should be divided into a state of Israel and a state of Palestine. But the the Jews were given a much bigger uh, portion of the original state of Palestine than their numbers would suggest. And then they went to war and they took much more land. Now, you had a a Palestinian population of about 1.9 million then, of which 750,000 were forcefully removed from their homes and went to exile. So this didn't start just now, you know, a couple of weeks ago. This thing started in 1948, the removal of the Palestinian people from their land. It started in 1948 seriously and what then happened after that conflict the palestinians were left with the west bank and gaza 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 came under the administration of egypt and the west bank of jordan but then after the 1967 war there was a lot of uh pressure and the Palestinians asked for their own statehood Mm. and in 1993 after a lot of fighting it was agreed by the Oslo Accords that uh, the Palestinians would recognize the state of Israel state Mm. of Israel would recognize the state of Palestine the two main signatories were uh, for the Israelis, Yitzhak Rabin, 
And for Palestine, Yasser Arafat, what happened? Two years after everything was signed, Yitzhak Rabin was murdered. And the extreme right-winger Netanyahu, a fascist, out-and-out fascist, who has made it very clear he'd like to see all the Palestinians exterminated, was became the, the, the new prime minister of, of Israel. Right. Yasser Arafat, now, first of all, they invaded the West Bank. He was based on the town of, of Nablus, and he was humiliated in front of his own people. Already he had, to, you know, a lot didn't like him because he'd made the deal with the Israelis, but, but if they'd have worked with him, it could have been better. And what happened to Yasser Arafat? He died of cancer. But they took his body to Switzerland for tests. His body was highly radioactive, full of radioactive polonium. The Zionists, the Israeli Zionists, poisoned him. So these people, they killed their own Gai Chakrabin, they killed Yasser Arafat. And that was the end of the two-state solution. Since then, more and more settlers have been moved on the West Bank against all the UN uh, uh, decisions. More and more settlers have come in, and they're very violent. In many cases, they've actually evicted Palestinian families from their houses, which they've had for a very long time, maybe even centuries, and they've moved in. They've actually evicted Palestinians from their homes. And by the way, in the West Bank, there's quite a large number of Palestinian Christians. So it's very annoying to see evangelical Christians who get their religion from the United States, who are happy, who talk about, you know, this land belongs to Israel, where mm. the Palestinian Christians are being moved from their land just like Palestinian Muslims, the oldest Christian community in the world. Uh, and the, uh, just recently, uh, I think two days ago, the uh, Greek Orthodox Archbishop of Jerusalem has said, we're going to boycott the Christmas celebrations. Mm, yes. Yes, that is um, uh, the latest. Yeah, we saw uh, that around the boycott of the Christmas celebrations, and we know very well that the uh, Christmas celebration is very uh, significant in terms of uh, the Christians. It's more or less their day. Yes, um, uh, and by the way, I've been there. I I spent more than a year mm. in Israel, nineteen sixty-seven, sixty-eight, when I was a young man. Mm. Um, I was interested in the kibbutz system, which is very well run, I must say, a uh, system of, of farming, uh, 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 farming collective. It's very well run because I was a kind of idealistic socialist at that time. I went there mildly pro-Israel. And yes, there was great sympathy for the Jews after the Second World War. But when I saw what was happening, I came back pro-Palestinian because the Israelis were so racist. Mm. 
So, so do, do you feel a sense that you need to, uh, you know, more or less make a declaration of a belonging of some sort if when you are there, there, there was always that point where it's either you are for or you are against or you are on this side than the other side, which is why then one would say that over the years, these tensions have always been simmering to a point whereby now one would have expected then the escalation through Hamas in exposing what has been happening over time. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, and, you you know, people have said, oh, Hamas have uh, taken so many captives. Mm. Uh, they've kidnapped people. But do you know why they've kidnapped people? Because the Israelis have been kidnapping people for ages. Mm. They've held women and children as hostage. They've been doing that for a long time. Children under the age of 12 are being held by the Israelis. So what Hamas is doing is saying, please release our people and we'll release yours. People. Mm. So, so, you know, when you look at what is happening, yeah, there will be civilian casualties. And I took part in the liberation struggle in South Africa. Yeah, there are civilian casualties in any war. But uh, the number of civilian casualties uh, in the recent Hamas thing has been greatly exaggerated. The majority of the casualties were actually soldiers because the soldiers had blocked the border with Gaza. And let's face it, the other side of the border is still historically Palestine. Mm. Although they say it's Israel, it's historically yeah. Palestine. Um, so they, they broke out and they killed a lot of soldiers. And by the way, the Israeli soldiers were so crazy, and we've, it's been documented now, that they actually killed a lot of their own people because they, were, they fired so haphazardly. Um, so even some some of the people, some of the Israelis who were killed, were actually killed by what's normally called in war friendly So, so the, fire. The, this talks around war crimes being attributed in this particular regard then to Benjamin Netanyahu. I mean, we are seeing just this week South Africa following other nations as well in approaching the International Criminal Court to try by all means to intervene here where war crimes are concerned. So would you say what has been happening there over time would be war crimes and if indeed yes. then uh, we get the International Criminal Court's attention in this regard, uh, then we could see uh, them intervening here and charging Benjamin Netanyahu. Well, I don't think the ICC has got any teeth yeah. anyway. I have no time. Personally, I've seen what the ICC has done. It's the court for Africans. Mm. Mm. The ICC... Uh, as uh, the former British Home Secretary said, uh, uh, Robin Cook, the ICC was not meant for American presidents or British prime ministers. And in fact, we had an African uh, prosecutor for the ICC who tried to go in against the Americans. as uh, a lady from Gambia, and she was removed. So... The, the, I can't see the ICC doing very much, although I must say 
that the stand statement by the Lady Pandor mm. is excellent. We have a very strong foreign minister in South Africa, mm. and she must really be praised. But I, I also wanted to understand, Ian, uh, to say that uh, to, to, to what end? We can see uh, South Africa, uh, you know, join other nations as well in uh, saying we condemn what has been happening uh, there over time. We're still seeing uh, lives lost. We're still seeing uh, institutions like your hospitals, your churches and the likes uh, targeted. We have uh, journalists that are losing their lives. Babies are being amputated in the dark. And, and, and you can tell that there's a, a lot that has been happening there uh, even when all of these started where uh, there was just that propaganda of misinformation uh, that was just spread out uh, through the globe in terms of uh, the developments there until people really caught a glimpse of what has been happening there drawing back uh, into history like what we are doing now in trying to understand uh, where we find ourselves so looking at uh, the history uh, between uh, these two nations uh, where do you see this ending do you see an end in sight there was that system where they exchanged hostages, but that that was short-lived. Well, it it, it is shocking, but what we have to recognize is we've got a fascist settler state Mm. of Israel. While the state of Israel is there, it's very obvious we tried this two-state solution, they're not interested. So what I believe and what more and more people believe is the only long-term solution is to have a singular, secular state of Palestine in which people of all religions will be accommodated. So we're not looking for uh, an Islamic state. We want a secular state of Palestine, which will include Jews. And what people don't realize is there's there's a growing number of Jews, a minority, but a growing number who see themselves as Palestinian Jews. Uh, For instance, uh, you've got one, Yuri Davis, who for a long time has been uh, a member of the Palestinian Authority, and he calls himself a Palestinian Jew. Um, We have also people like Professor Ilan Pape, who wrote the book, which detailed the Nakba, the removal of the Palestinians from their land in 1948, a very detailed book. Uh, he's visited South Africa. He, he calls himself a Palestinian Jew. He doesn't call himself an Israeli. Mm. Uh, so we have more and more people like that. Uh, also among the very religious Jews, especially the Naturai Carter and other heretic Jews, though the guys who wear the big hats, uh, uh, a great many of them are anti-Zionist and pro-Palestine. So um, it's not a case that all Jews mm. are uh, supporting the state of Israel. My commander during the liberation struggle was Ronnie Casserill's. Ronnie Casserles mm. is out and out pro-Palestinian, but he's a Jew by, by birth. Mm. And uh, the late uh, Dennis uh, Goldberg was also a Jew who was very pro-Palestinian. So, so we, we don't see this ending anytime soon? Uh, look, I don't see it ending anytime soon, no. Uh, mm. But what we're seeing is Hezbollah is coming in from the north. You're not, they're not uh, publicizing... Uh, 
what what is happening. But sooner or later, the state of Israel will come to an end. It has to, because it cannot carry on like this. The Palestinians have been deprived of more and more of their land, and they've got they've got the stage where it's either fight back or die. Yeah, there have been a total decimation as we see it right now. And just before we let you go, Ian, Sandile is here in studio with us and he has a, a question for you. Sandile. Um, um, hi, hi, Ian. Just for the sake of time, I just wanted to know regarding the relations between uh, Palestine and the ANC government and how important it is for the ANC to continue supporting Palestine and actually um, going out and to further as to the ICC and just showing their support as the government. Yeah, the political links, uh, Ian? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Let me be very straightforward. Mm. Uh, I'm a communist. I fought in the liberation struggle in South Africa. Mm. Uh, I was in uh, MK intelligence. Mm. I'm not 100% happy about the ANC uh, policies, especially since 1996 with the GEAR program. But the world is changing. So on the big scale, we're now part of BRICS. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and now other countries. And now... uh, uh, So... The world is changing, and mm. I'm happy that the ANC is now taking a more decisive yeah. foreign policy. You can't have feet astride today, because the U.S. dollar, U.S. hegemony in the world is on the decline. Russia and China are becoming strong, and there's, there's a lot more behind mm. this, which people don't fully understand. The U.S. economy, of which South Africa bought into it with the GEAR Mm. program of 1996, is based on putting money first and production second. Mm. China has come up because it put production Production first first and money money. second. Um, Now, the other problem that's happened with the U.S., and I've just recently written something about it, you've had state capture in the U.S.A., so the US doesn't even the US government doesn't even represent the interests of even US capitalism as a whole. It represents the interests of the military industrial complex who want war for the sake of making weapons. And that is what the Ukraine war is about. And also they're now sending weapons to Israel. But it's coming at a high price that the US dollar is sooner or later it's going to fall uh, because the US national debt is now in I've forgotten I think 36 trillion or 33 trillion so something like that it's it's unpayable and and they can't carry on so behind Israel you've got the USA Mm. 
they've been accused as funding. Yeah, they've been accused. The USA often they catch fire uh, with them being accused of funding Israel even with weapons and uh, the likes. Even as we speak uh, right now, exacerbating uh, the situation and tensions uh, on on the ground. We absolutely out of time, Um, Ian. I'd I'd like us to go into US politics sometime soon, uh, so we can tend to understand their influence in terms of other nations and developments. We have them investing in South Africa right now. We're just talking about Agoa just a moment ago in terms of what came out of the year. Uh, So you can tell that there have been also greater efforts for the U.S. to continue just pushing its its footprint into Africa uh, through South Africa and for their own reasons, I guess. Uh, But interesting when you said that uh, there is an actual state capture uh, there in the U.S. where then the economy we see even capitalists not tending to get the best out of uh, the developments there. But really, really appreciate you giving us your time and taking us back in history in terms of developments there in the Middle East. Thank you very much. Thank you. You really appreciate it. Uh, Ian... uh Ian Bidos, our guest uh, there, uh, just uh, taking us into the Middle East uh, this morning uh, in terms of really uh, what is happening and developing uh, there. The latest, of course, uh, being uh, the calls for the Christmas uh, boycott, uh, something that uh, would be devastating uh, looking at how then he also gave us a history uh, in terms of uh, Christianity and religion uh, within uh, the Middle East. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.